Welcome to Full Stack Business Owner, where we are enhancing your full stack of skills to build wealth inside and outside of your business. Today, we're going to be talking about the latest news and how it's important for Australian business owners. Most importantly, what we're up to. Now, if you're not already, make sure that you're over on the newsletter. This newsletter is sent out by Charlie twice a week. It is the most important that I re- thing that I receive every it's single the, it's week. It's the best email I get as well. <laughs> See, this, we're not biased. <laughs> Trust us, we're not biased. Head over to fullstackbusinessowner.com forward slash newsletter, put in your details and subscribe to get those juicy, juicy emails. Now, Charlie, before we get started, let's cue the disclaimer. Charlie here from Full Stack Business Owner. I need to let you know that Grant, myself, and the Full Stack Business Owner team are in no way, shape, or form qualified to give you financial advice or pick investment products. We highly encourage you seek out and engage the use of professionals when making financial decisions or comparing investment products. This is a good one. So I actually spoke to a guy last night and he was complaining to me about journalists. At this, this point, he was like, found out that the journalists talking about house prices and share prices and stuff don't actually invest in houses and shares, which kind of got me thinking. I'm like, oh, I'm not surprised. Like when you say that to me, I'm, I'm not surprised at all. And it's exactly why I love things like this, like the podcasting, because we invest and we have businesses and we talk about what we invest in. We talk about business. And the community is always asking us, what are we up to? What is full stack business owner doing? What are, what are we investing in? How are our businesses going? And I said, you know what? This is probably worth us carving out like a 15 minute segment just to have a bit of a chin wag about what is going on. So the first thing I did want to ask you, Charlie, I, uh, I heard a little whisper that we actually got a new partner on full stack business owner. Yeah, so let's go there. So I uh, will just go back to your point briefly here. It's like when you think about if a journalist is employed by a newspaper, let's say, right, whatever they're writing about now, when it changes to the next crisis, they don't change the journalist. Nope. So that, it, it, like, it doesn't match. It doesn't work out. So just again, <laughs> it's like journalists, as much as they may be lovely people, may not be actually investing or doing the thing that they're writing about it. They're just like they're journalists. Now, coming to that is that's why the new cycle is very, very dangerous. To your next question there about some exciting news and full disclosure is like at um, Fullstack here, we actually have a new sponsor and partner, which is Ray, who's a financial planner. Yeah, Ray. Yeah, I'm very excited to have Ray on board. I, I am because like he comes uh, very highly regarded, number one, is like some people that uh, in my life all have a massive respect for Ray. And then the second component is is it's now a place where we can get some advice ourselves and talk to Ray's itself, and we're going to be bringing him on the podcast to talk about the things he's doing. Now, why I think this is so critical is like Ray is dealing with building people's wealth, their insurances, their super, day in and day out, just like Goose is in the trenches dealing with property day in and day out or Aaron with mortgages, our resident mortgage broker. So when we look at that, I think it's going to be a really nice thing to round it out. And it's also going to be uh, a way we can bring on a different voice in the conversation to go into these topics even further. Yeah. And it's also uh, the ability for us to talk about some subjects that sort of other podcasts and stuff aren't talking about because Razor got an Australian financial license and he can talk about all the things you've just mentioned. And I, I'm so excited. Uh, and I know that we've actually got an interview queued up with him pretty darn soon. So for everyone listening, just be on the lookout for that. And Ray, welcome to the team. This is this is awesome. I'm super excited for this one. So second one, little birdie told me, Charlie, 
Did you buy another property? Geez, these rumors get around <laughs> quick, don't they? I I won't lie. Um, so the I hear it from let's let's say someone that begins with B. No, 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 no. That's too obvious. Anchor. I'll say so let's just call this person Anchor. That's the person I hear it from. All right, all right, all right. Let, let's hedge this one up a little bit here, right? So first off, what what I'm about to say is not financial advice at all. I am going to share some of the things I've been getting up to, but I just want to make it really clear that the stuff I get up to is because I speak to professionals. Like I don't pick suburbs personally myself to buy houses in. I don't pick shares. I uh, Again, like the thing that I've done and I know you've done is actually reach out to professionals and people who know what they're doing, take on board a mixture of their advice. So again, like I don't speak to one person, I speak to a few, and then I ride or die by my own decisions. And uh, I would encourage that through the whole full stack communities to seek out the uh, voice of experts and get expert advice because that's what we actually do. Please don't copy what I do. Please don't take the things as like, oh, Charlie's like absolutely nailing in the suburb selection. I'm not. But I will say that I am reaping the wards and making the decisions from it. So I'll go through it. It's probably, it's been a while since we've done an update on what we're actually getting up to in the community itself. So more recently, this is probably like Q2 of the year. So we'll say the Q2 quarter. Um, I actually bought a property in WA. So we bought one in Western Australia, which has been an incredibly different experience than buying in the other states. Um, And then we had a massive business quarter. So I didn't do any other investing uh, in Q3, or sorry, Q2 really at all. But we've uh, also done a heap of things when it comes to kind of what I'll call like uh, upgrading our portfolio. So we've been going around at the moment and doing some renovations on one of our properties uh, to enhance it and get the rents up. And then we've also just been, I suppose we'll call it like uh, reloading to a point where we're getting ready to see some opportunities. So that's probably the three big things that I've been working on. And I'll mention, I've actually got uh, some calls lined up later today to explore some different opportunities and things that are out there. So I'm in opportunity mode. Um, and you might notice that uh, if you if I was to go onto like YouTube and maybe like ABC at the moment, they'd pro- probably try and convince me that the world is ending and it's a terrible time to be doing anything. Um, but again, this is why I really like to speak to people that are actually doing the things because what it's just so different to what they're doing. It, uh, I always love to look at the data. So uh, as you were saying, like we use uh, professionals for everything. Like I've, I've got an accountant, I've got a bookkeeper, I've got uh, like buyer's advocate, i got all these people that just help me out with everything I do. Uh, but the best thing is that they're like on speed dial. It's almost like, ah, what do you think about this news? And they just send data. And it's like, have you looked at this data? Have you looked at this data? I'm like, ah, oh, right. It's just a narrative. <laughs> I get it. I get it. No worries at all. Um, isn't that interesting? So you've renovated. Yeah, we did have a massive business quarter and you bought another uh, investment property and then you're stacking chips for some good opportunities that are coming. Yeah. Whilst also talking to people about opportunities that potentially might be popping up. We might do a deeper dive into some of these, but before we get into it, I want to reverse that question, Grant, because like it's uh, what have you been getting up to? Because I'll say a little birdie might have told me you've made some moves as well. <laughs> the, the, the darn little birdie. Uh, yeah, so similar, similar, because uh, I know that we were having a competition on who settles first and you walloped me. Um, yeah, so uh, similar. I bought a place in WA. Uh, in Q2, I also did a complete downstairs renovation of one of our investment properties uh, up in Queensland, which is awesome. Uh, the place looks absolutely Mickey. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, Q2 from business was uh, awesome. Uh, funnily enough, one of the things that also happened sort of just before Q2-ish, 
um, which I we haven't really done an episode on or people don't really know is that I actually just stepped up to just the board level of uh, a company that I started many, 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 many years ago, um, which is awesome. Like it feels great to have like a new CEO in there and stuff like that. And the reason I did that was to open up the realms for me to dive deeper into full stack and what we're working on, Charlie. And so Q2 with a little bit of splash of Q1 in there was ridiculously huge (laughs) and not to mention moving. Right, like I, I know you moved, but Hazel and I actually moved back to Melbourne, as you said. Wait, wait, are we twinning? We're pretty I think we're close. twinning. <laughs> no, I, I feel like it's just all like kind of closed in on one little spot. It's just like, and we're com- we're just going to morph into one person. Uh, let's be honest. This this will just be a solo podcast at some point. Of just both you and I just merging into one person. Just talking. The proximity about is true, right? The proximity <laughs> is true. Anyway, let, let's dig into WA first. I think we've both bought in WA. I, I'd love to get your take on it. Um, why WA for you and then what was the experience like? So I, I, I'll walk you through my thought process, right? So I was looking at Australia and there's 15,700 towns or something like that kicking around Australia and I went, oh, I, I guarantee you one of these towns is going to absolutely crush it. I don't know what it is and so I contacted Goose. <laughs> <laughs> and so I said, Goose, I'm like, I want another one. I'm like, you just tell me wh- where's the best opportunity and you find me the house and I'll buy the house. And uh, that was it. And so then <laughs> I just went to Goose and he's like, we're going to buy here. And I'm like, okay, cool. Did and you have w- any reser- uh, reservation in buying in WA in general? So like I, I knew around like Perth had like had some pretty stale sort of numbers over about a decade. Like when I say stale, like pretty flat line. And so, uh, but the funny thing is that the second that like someone like Goose just goes, well, here's the stats and here's the numbers. And I'm just like looked at our current portfolio and I don't want sort of different risk in different states and stuff. So diversification is good. I said, cool, I completely trust you because has he ever failed me in the past? The answer is no. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then, yeah, so then I just lined him with the accountant, Anthony, as well as uh, Aaron, the mortgage broker. And then they just did, they, I think they just had a whole heap of emails and bought a house for me. Um, so that was the whole thought process was I need something else in, I need another asset. I got cash. Let's go again. Um, I don't really care about what the news says. I care more about the statistics, the data that sits behind it. Um, like we even had Goose on here talking about how he, during like the GFC, there was like 30% of the suburbs around or towns around Australia actually went up. And I'm just like, I just, there's always submarkets and submarkets and submarkets. And I just, Goose just helps me out with that one. Yeah, but, that- that's really interesting. So I must admit, I did have some reservation on buying in WA, but but um, I actually did some, uh, we'll call it personal development training. I did a few events in WA for myself. Like I was a participant doing some work on myself. And I remember this very distinctly was like when I flew over there, I expected to see like just red desert and like a, a country shack. I was like, you know, there's not going to be nothing here. And I, I landed and got in the airport and went out. I was like, this has to be one of the most beautiful cities in Australia by far. Everything's so nice and new and clean and those beaches, like Ocean Beach. And I'm like, the bay in Melbourne is just dirty. Yeah. <laughs> Melbourne's a hole. Uh, <laughs> it's not. It's got – well, no one moves to Melbourne for the weather. Let's just be honest. Yeah. All the beaches, right? There's some seriously nice beaches around Australia. But the point being is, is that uh, I had developed a stigma around WA before I was even there. And I did have some reservations on it based on the history of their property market. But I came back to this is like, if you are going to go with the crowd continually, like the chances of getting a really good result are quite low, right? So like when you hear, oh my God, Sydney's booming, it's already boomed. You're behind the eight ball. 
Yeah. So I looked at that and said, do I think WA is potentially going to see some upside? And, and in my view, I, I looked at it and what was presented to me and I was like, I think it might. And again, we've already purchased here. This is past data. Please don't copy us based on these things at all. Um, but then the other side of it, you mentioned a really great point there is like, I don't have everything I own in WA. It's a diversified play in what I'm doing as well. And it's also aligned to the strategy. Like I'm looking for a little bit more growth play. Um, rent might not be as high as other properties that I own and stuff like that, but it, it just depends on where my portfolio is at the moment and the play that I'm going on with my portfolio at the moment. So if anyone's listening and going, oh, I'm going to go to your point, I'm going to run over to Perth and buy something, it might not relate to your strategy or even to your play at all. You yeah, need it's got the to professional stick your plan. Yeah. And so, yeah, for, for me, the thing that I loved about it, so the second they like sent, a property. It was like one kilometer from this amazing beach and two kilometers from this incredible lake. <laughs> like it is just like landlocked in this like little spot. And I'm just like, holy smokes, the quality to your point. It's like, it's what Melbourne was like a decade or maybe even two decades ago from a product. It's just like, oh my gosh, these things exist still. <laughs> like, wow. Um, and then I'm just like, yeah, there's no chance. Like places in front of the one that we bought are like, couple of million bucks for a place and I'm just like this is it this is great so for me the stigma that I saw and that even in the news and stuff like that now like they're like oh property prices are meh like our property went up 10% before settlement like it was it was just a great experience from looking at it breaking the stigma and then getting in and going oh this this is what it's about but um I'm going to ask you settlement thoughts Tenants, how did you go? It's interesting. It's very interesting. And you'll notice I say it's interesting when um, I don't have something overwhelmingly positive to say. (laughs) (laughs) We've learned that about you. This is good. Well, I learned some things, Grant. I definitely learned some things. Uh, One of the things uh, that you suddenly become aware of when you get into property, if that's your flavor, is that when you buy property in different states, the process for buying a property is actually different in every state which I didn't know. Like I just, um, I almost thought of it more like buying a laptop from JB Hi-Fi. You know, JB Hi-Fi, it's the same in, in Queensland. It's the same in WA. You go in, you buy with the credit card, like buying process is the same. We're one country. Property, that's not true. It's very much done at a state level. Now, WA has some quirks that wasn't I wasn't ready for. And one of them is, is that you can fail settlement two times with no consequences. <laughs> So you yes. could just not settle, rebook it. She'll be right. I'll do another day, mate. You know, we'll head out to the beach. And I can understand those beaches are beautiful. Like if you're a conveyancer, you know, the boat's there. Like maybe you don't settle and you go have a little fishing trip. Maybe. Um, but my point being is there's, that's exactly what happened. So in every other state, it's like I think they take settlement a little bit more seriously. Where in WA, because there's this, I don't want to say loophole, but like there's this uh, tolerance on uh, settlement that we went through a very, very challenging settlement. Like it was like, all right, it's booked. Oh, no, it's failed. We'll do it another day. And for us, like that was uh, very, very different. Yeah. The next component we learned through this is that the, uh, is it the vendor we bought the house for? I think it's the vendor you call them. Yep. Um, they were actually trying to settle on two properties at once and there was something going on with their other property not settling, which was causing our one not to settle as well. Now, I can't speak to the dynamics of that. That's like secondhand information, but there was some complications with the vendor and what they were trying to get up to, um, which made it even more complex, which was uh, not fun at all. And um, 
what happens in these scenarios is when a settlement fails, well, it creates all this work because now you've got to rebook it. Now you've got to talk to your mortgage broker again. Now you've got to talk to your conveyancer. So it's not just like the settlement failed um, and then, oh, there it goes. It's like, well, you've got to have funds ready for the deposit. You've got to speak to all these people. And it, it definitely does put some pressure and stress onto like time boxing to get this organized again, which as a business owner, like I wasn't necessarily, I was prepared to run my business. I wasn't necessarily prepared to go reorganize the settlement again. Yeah. So that was a new learning for me. And um, I certainly feel now we're like I bought in WA, Queensland, New South Wales, Victoria, like a, a good spread of things. I'm really getting to understand these different processes and just how important it is to know that they are very state-based. Yeah, so, I, our settlement was a little bit different. So we, uh, so when we bought the place, it was tenanted until like mid-August, and and it's the tenants are paying such a low rent, it's crazy, and so I. Uh, the more I could delay that settlement, the better. <laughs> Can you just unpack that a little bit? So that uh, you bought the house from someone and uh, they were an investor as well because they've yep. got tenants in it and the rent they were charging was actually well below market rent. A hundred bucks below. So they were charging 360 and when we put an offer on buying the place, like we already had valuation, uh, like rental appraisals, uh, 460, so like a hundred bucks difference. Yeah, I almost want to pause there. This is like one of the things to be very aware of if you're buying a property is like always check that market rent because if you're you're doing it, sometimes you can see that the yield or value proposition is much higher than what might currently be in place. Yeah, it, which was it was crazy. And so I'm like, great. So when we settle the place, we're gonna because you're locked in, like you can't just go and kick your tenant out. So uh, I'm like, okay, we're just going to have this tenant for a couple of months and it's not going to be great for the hip pocket, but no worries at all, like long-term. Long well, long it is someone's place where they're living, right? You want to do the right thing by it. I actually Correct. try to be a really good landlord, right? It's like I think landlords can often be seen as ruthless and like, you know, I kick them out and get the highest rent, but it's like comes with the game, right? It's someone's home. Yeah, and that's I try to be a good landlord by just like letting the property manager do it. <laughs> And like, just like, like they don't want to talk to me. Trust me. Like, no, 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 no. You, you could be the nice guy. Um, so anyway, what, what happened was, uh, so for people who haven't settled on a property, like it, it, you have to do like a finance kind of like a settlement thing in the middle, which is like, cool, you got finance approval. And then it's like the settlement of the properties a couple of weeks after that. So we had a couple of weeks to get finance. And then we had a couple of other weeks um, to get the final settlement. And this was like just as like interest rates were like bumping up and doing all these crazy things. And like, so the lender that we were going through was like having a bit of turmoil internally of going, oh, we don't know what like rates to charge and all these things. And so like they're getting all these updates and like their staffing was less, et cetera. And so we were just struggling to get responses from them. Um, but thanks to Aaron and the typical way that Aaron and the team do it, um, it was awesome. We got to delay that by I think it was a couple of weeks, which again, I'd was happy with because great there's another couple of weeks off <laughs> this tenant's paying lesser rent uh and then so that was all fine after a couple of weeks then the main settlement um the actual people selling the house had to do some repairs in the property itself um so we found like a little bit of water damage and we found a couple of other things in a detailed property inspection and they just hadn't had it repaired during the time well they tried to but the tenants got covid which kicked it back another cup two weeks. So then the repairers couldn't go in. So then the plumbers and stuff went in and then they uh, fixed it all. But then there was still one thing they didn't fix. So that delayed settlement again. And then we went for a settlement and it got delayed by a week. And so it actually kicked the entire settlement process out by about six weeks in total, um, which actually worked out very well for us because by the time we 
took ownership of the property. It was so much closer to, to us actually finishing up our lease. Uh, funnily enough, during that whole process, property increased by 10% without me paying any mortgages or anything like that. And uh, and the rent has actually gone from like 460 to 485 And the same tenants actually want to stay in the property. So they're, they're, they are fine with paying an extra 125 bucks a week. And they have a, a rent review in six months as well after that. Isn't that interesting? That was another thing I, um, by your experience, yours was delayed longer than mine, which uh, I mean, it's not a competition, but I did win settlement. <laughs> no, right. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> um, <clears throat> delayed settlement in certain uh, conditions can actually be a really big win. So if you bought a property and let's say they go, oh, we could settle in 30 days or three years, just in this example, you don't, your loan doesn't kick in until settlement does. Yep. Right, so if in certain circumstances a delayed settlement can actually work in your favour, and yours did definitely here, I believe. It, so, was, uh, it was awesome. An interesting part of the strategy. I know developers do this as well, right? They'll buy a property and go, oh, can I get a 12-month settlement? And in that time they bring in a condition to like get their plans done and cancel approval so that they're able to delay paying the loan until they do it. Uh, I won't speak to the specifics. I've only done one development. I'm not going to pretend I'm a pro at it yet. Yet. Hint, hint. Drum roll. Uh, but uh, I will say that there's some interesting strategies that can be deployed there. All right. I want, I want to share that. Can I share a story? I want to go about the tenant story now. I, I think people have to hear this story. I love this story. I almost can't believe this is true. So um, we get settlement through. We're really happy. We've got an agent in uh, WA looking after the property who've been awesome as well. Right? Really, really good. So we actually get uh, a tenant for this property super quick and super easy. So we're happy. We've got very low vacancy time. Someone's moving in right away. The property looks like really good. It's a very low maintenance property in general. All right, so try this on. Tenants move in. They're really happy. Agents really happy. And then uh, all of a sudden we get a, a bit of a crazy email like an email I wasn't expected. Now, you, we do get all the normal things as well, right? Like there was a few things to tidy up on the property, you know, door needed to be replaced, a window didn't shut, new fly screen, you know, things like that. But we're used to that. We accept that in the process. However, we get a message from the agent saying that there's some weird things going on at the property and there's been some weird things happen uh, in the house. And we're like, what do you mean? So the first thing is is that when the vendor who was living in the house, right, this was an owner-occupier, left, right, is that clearly the last night before they left, it's like they've done a big cook-up of some sort of greasy meal and um, just haven't cleaned it up. So they've, like, cooked some massive curry without a range hood and just, like, left a layer of grease all over everywhere. the kitchen. Everywhere. <laughs> and, like, we had to, like, actually get in cleaners to fix that up. Right, so that was like, like that's just like, who does that? Dude, that's weird. That's weird. <laughs> and apparently it was a substantial amount of mess. And like, you know, the tenants, the people that moved in were really good about it. We got cleaners in. So I'm very grateful for what they did. However, this is where the story gets a bit bonkers is we get a, a message saying that um, so something weird going on where someone's coming to the house that's not the tenants and moving furniture around in the backyard. That's weird. So it turns out, all right, we're ready. We've got a bit more info on this, is that the people that sold this house actually, it appears, uh, separated. This is a divorce. Now, it appears one of the people in that relationship may have got a new partner and the other one was unhappy about it. So they didn't know that that they've moved out. (laughs) 
<laughs> no. So basically, this is like a lover's squirrel <laughs> that's now freaking out our new tenants, right? And like the tenants are like, have you ever like extrapolated or exaggerated a story? I've heard people do it all the time. I try not to, but yes. Right. So just think about this. You've moved into this place, right? And someone's moving around your furniture. Like what would you what would you do? Freak out. And they did. So, so it's like you've got a panicked tenant who's worried that someone's going to try and break <laughs> into the house and like and the, and the story just gets more and more extrapolated into the ideas of like, you know, the neighbours said these these uh, vendors were dodgy and, you know, it's like the people rocking up look like drug dealers and like oh, and it just gets like crazier and crazier. Now it's all settled down now but it's like I was not prepared in any way, shape or form to think that a lover's squirrel could end up turning into something <laughs> here let alone in your backyard yeah and can you imagine the experience for this tenant they've moved into this they've actually they've moved interstate so they'd come from another state to get into this place right they go into their house and then someone's had a massive cook-up and just left grease everywhere they probably they probably (laughs) see they say the same thing it's like damn wa is weird (laughs) they're just like this is well they're a little bit different over there but i like them i really do we're not Um, in kansas anymore Right, so you go over to your house, full of grease, has to be cleaned up, and then People someone's coming to your house and moving furniture in the backyard <laughs> and trying to mess with you. And I'm like, man, I would. I don't even know what I'd feel. Like I'm just like, that is, dude, that is brilliant. So it's all calmed down now. They're happy tenants, or yeah, the, everything's going smoothly now, and everyone's a happy tenant. I, I believe so, and like, of course, we want to support and help in that as well. So I think that's been all sorted now. A report back if it is, but I just. More than anything, I just want to paint a picture that it's like I think sometimes people look at like property investors or any type of investor or business owner and they paint this facade of like it's all roses, right? You just get into this and it's passive income. Yeah, it is. It is certainly coming with other other challenges that you got to deal with. And I know some of the other investors I deal with like this is just comes for the games. This it is, does. Yeah, so you got to be prepared for that. And I think and if we, you're going to get into property, you want to eyes open. Like stuff happens. Yeah, we've we've had the same. Like we've spent like five figures on fixing stuff. We've had some weird tenants coming in. Like, but then I've also had some great experiences. Like these tenants are staying. It means I don't need to do anything. Like there's no bond cleaning. There's no like changes. It's just okay. Just continue continue as you are. Uh, I love these episodes. I will say one thing though, Charlie, is that we have got requests around like what are we planning in the future. So we do have to make sure that we do a topic around like what are we doing, what are we thinking about, and all those kind of things. Oh, oh, just, can I just can I put a little hint? All right, go on. Dr- right, drop so something. If, I'll give you 30 seconds. If you and I are closer to Melbourne CBD and we were thinking about seizing business opportunities, like did would that be a hint that there might be some things happening in Melbourne CBD and maybe if I'm saying it on this podcast that it might relate to something to do with full stack? A, a potential. You know what? I don't know. We'll see if people can put two or two together. We'll see. I'll leave it there. I'll leave it there. <laughs> we'll see if they can. But yes, I uh, I do feel as though me moving back from uh, Noosa and you moving up from Peninsula might be leading towards something, something good. And so for everyone who's listening, and you actually, if you want to find out what that is, just be sure to tune in to the next episodes and make sure that you're on the newsletter. Newsletter is actually designed to enhance your full stack of skills to build wealth inside and outside of your business. So head over to fullstackbusinessowner.com forward slash newsletter because we'll be dropping it there first. So be sure that you are subscribed. But if you're listening to these episodes and you've got a friend, family member who's going, wow, that could actually be beneficial for them, 
shoot them over the link, send them and just say, hey, maybe this would be helpful for you. And I just want to say thank you again for joining us. And we look forward to catching you on the next episode of Full Stack Business Owner.